0: Welcome to Chat Manny Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bert. And this is our second pass of an intro. Uh, we're doing um, a Skype interview today, a Skype episode today with two of our favorite guests, Hardly Quinn and The Toker, a.k.a. Aaron Shug. Say hello. Hi. And Alan Shug. Hey there. All right. Um. So we're doing our best with the the Skype recording. We are kind of recording during peak Wi-Fi hours over here in Heroin City. I mean, do we um, in Bitterford. Every time.
1: Yeah, pretty much. What's wrong
0: with us? <laughs> um. Well, all of the all of our neighbors need have you know they're flying out in the cold, dark depths of heroin withdrawals, so they need to watch Broadchurch on Netflix <laughs> or
1: whatever. Broadchurch.
0: It's a BBC original series. Oh. Starring Idris Elba. Very good. Highly recommended. Oh. But we're not here to talk about Netflix original series. We're here today to talk about modern art. Everybody's favorite topic.
2: It is my favorite <laughs> topic for
0: real use. Um Honestly, doing, uh, doing the research for this week's episode, I, I think I could do one of these every month, no lie. Just like...
2: <laughs> I probably could this too. Uh,
0: maybe not necessarily just modern art, but like do one art episode where you we like research two artists, one that we love and one that we. Oh well, I should tell people the format of the show. Okay.
1: Since <laughs> yes. I
0: the last time I tried to talk to Bird about art, it kind of went like this. Here, Bird, you have to play along with me.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Um. All
0: right, Bird. So like, modern art is. Is it good art? Okay, that was a you're bad... As-
1: you're asking the wrong question. That was a bad
0: question. Hold on, let me start over. Um, <clears throat> modern art, is it... Is it cool? That's pretty much how the last uh, modern art episode went. So, um, to sound less... Um, Troglodytic on this episode I decided uh, what we should do Is sit down and chat with Two of uh, our extremely Artistic family members um, And basically Everybody knows a little bit about modern art I knew jack shit so I figured We would we would research two Modern artists Now Bird what's the definition for modern art? It was art between Oh my god
1: uh, 1890 And 1960 70s.
0: 70s and belonging to a group a specific group of movements okay so that was our definition and we were going to pick one artist from the modern the modern artists which we loved and one which we loathed and the only rule was no matter what classification he fell under we were not allowed to pick damien hurst because
3: <laughs> well he's universally hated. everybody, everybody really hates matter.
0: damien Hirst. Oh. actually uh the other on saturday when we were in um uh, getting Bird's second piece of her tattoo done. We were talking to Lauren about the modern uh, Lauren Iris. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Um, we were talking to her about the modern art episode, and we were like, "Yeah, we're, we picked an artist we love and an artist we hate, um, but we can't pick Damien Hurst And before I could even go further than that, she just goes, "Yeah, fuck Damien Hirst." <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: I still think that's the name of the but episode. Like, agree. F asterisk, asterisk, K, <laughs> Damien Hurst. <laughs> I'm
0: on board. I, you know, I think I'm on board too. Um, I'll look up iTunes rules about um, how many asterisks need to be in there. I'm going to use the minimum amount. Um, yeah, minimum, minimum required amount is. of asterisks. But yeah, that's not a bad uh, name for this episode. It's just fuck Damien Hurst. Um, It's all right there in the title So we all picked an artist that we love We all picked an artist that we hate They're from a variety of different movements Uh, And we're going to sit down And and dive in and dig into them Does anybody, before we get started On the actual artists um, I wanted to ask you guys And sort of put it out to the group How do you want to do this? Do you want to do everybody does the artist that they love and then we end with a big hate session <laughs> <laughs> yes i think that's probably gonna be the best format <laughs> okay and i don't know about you guys but i also i found it was impossible to just research the artist i also did some research on the movement they're associated with so um if i'm the only one who did that i'll try and keep my like research on the movement to a minimum. But.
1: You're not the okay. Only good, one.
0: good, good. Cool. Well,
1: I kept my research to a minimum. so <laughs> here's that. As did I. Yes.
0: Oh. All right. So siblings
1: gotta stick together.
0: So, what do you think? Should do you? Should we throw it to the guests first and let them start over there, or do we do?
1: Yeah. Screw you guys. Let's go youngest. Youngest.
0: Youngest, youngest oldest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. All right.
3: I believe. <laughs> so that. Al,
0: Alan's the youngest. Then. Then you. Then me. me then Aaron. Aaron, you're the oldest. What are you like? Yeah. Your forties?
1: Hey,
2: <laughs> twenty-eight. Okay, okay, right,
0: right, right. We're going by physical age, not by spirit. If we're going by physical <laughs> age, I'm but I'm definitely going last. I, be I should be in a mountain. back brace right now. Oh. I should be for wearing two cardigans. And if I could have a pipe <laughs> in each hand, I would. So,
2: <laughs> one tobacco, one for marijuana. Yes, Maybe. Yeah. go back and forth
0: because that
3: because <laughs> yeah because you can't blend them.
0: No, yeah. God no you'll, g- you'll gunk up your good t- tobacco pipe But I digress Oh, by the way, yeah uh, That recount is still happening They're still wasting half a million dollars of Maine's money
1: Oh, and um, the people for the no side Didn't even have all of their volunteers show up
0: <sighs> Two days in a row Two days oh, in
1: a row Lovely uh, And re- the, the guy who's running it like, Really quick, complained. just
0: take a peek at your volume I just want to see, make sure that your volumes are good I'm a little paranoid I
1: now. don't know how to look at my volumes
0: uh, you should start with using your okay, eyes. I was, yeah,
1: I am using. The okay, eyes, so Alan,
0: out. you get started. I can adjust this on the fly.
1: Oh, no okay.
3: Yeah, you're good. Yeah, okay. so oh, yeah. I guess I will just, uh, I'll just hop right into this. So, I I guess should probably start with I've never been a huge fan of modern <laughs> art. It took some pretty swift kicks in the rear end from Aaron.
2: serious convincing. Yeah,
3: to get me to even remotely care.
2: When we went to New York last year, I met the MoMA and promised me that he would stand in front of a Rothko for five minutes.
3: So, (laughs) that being said, modern art didn't really hit me until I actually got to see it in person. And I think that's a big prerequisite for caring even slightly about any art movement uh it can make such a huge difference so the artist that i chose is one that i've seen a couple documentaries on but also seen a couple of his works in person um his name is donald judd and he was technically part of the minimalist movement even though he did not enjoy that name nor did he Mm -hmm. feel it described his works Um, We should
1: have come with visual aids. Why did we not think about this? So that we you guys probably have internet, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I want to be paying attention to you. That's true.
3: you can can listen and
2: I find something.
1: Okay, Okay.
0: we could. Yeah, I mean, why don't we? just use. I can use your phone while they're talking. I will look up move our images by this person, so I can show them to you. And you guys, we just don't want to use up too much of our Wi-Fi.
3: Ah, yes. Understandable.
2: Anyway, I
0: got it. Okay, well, I have
3: a book. Erin's going to pull up some photos in her modern art history book Sweet. that she has here in her lap. Um, okay, and his so, name
0: is Judd. Sorry.
3: Donald Judd. And you can basically just go off of his ladder work. I was not a big fan of any of his paintings or print work that he did, um, which is kind of where he started. And then later oh, in I his see. life, got into doing some freeform sculpture and l- after that, he didn't call it sculpture, but he would design things um, and have them built by Ooh. craftsmen. Mm-hmm. So anything from giant metal boxes to um, probably his most popular works were called his stacks, which were big iron blocks that were mounted to the wall, which was really trend setting for of that period everything was pretty much in the world of sculpture was put like on a pedestal in the middle of a gallery showing and he refused Mm -hmm. to do that so he was either mounting to walls or putting his stuff directly on the floor
0: yeah i think that's a lot of the images that we're finding right now they look like um kind of like bookcases or ladders or something like that he he also did a lot of
3: furniture later in life too so he i mean maybe not so practical furniture but Art furniture. It's
1: really, really interesting looking, though. It's like if you took a... Uh, Pete Mondrian and made his, like, paintings into furniture.
3: You can definitely see, especially if you look at some of Judd's um, paintings and some of his prints, you can see a lot of influence from Mondrian's later works. Um, very geometric, lots of blocky, um, pretty close to... He stuck a lot to primary colors, but he did get into some secondaries, but kept it like two colors or three colors to a print. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I uh, I definitely
1: uh, have seen his work before.
0: I am not going to pretend that I know who Pete Mondrian is.
1: You you know who Mondrian is. It's I know the who guy who is. did is.
3: Look at the screen. That. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> got, <laughs> I, got, Penis, got it. Got it. Got it. The guy who Locker played
2: Connect
0: things. 4 on canvas. Yeah, right? basically. Yeah, huge. Bizarre. Huge canvases. Yes. Okay, his got
2: it. Re- Mondrian's really early work was all trees, and they were really fucking cool. And yeah. I wish that he had never stopped doing that.
3: Yeah, his later stuff was pretty disappointing. But not mean, the you, artist that if, we're talking about right now. If <laughs> yeah. you never
0: move past Bleach, you never get to in utero. That's what I always say. That's for yeah. you, Nirvana fans out there. Okay, um, sorry. On on you go, Alan. Uh, Donald <laughs> Judd.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, he uh he started off doing, I mean, sketches, and he was traditionally trained in painting. He was also a writer. Um, he actually did a lot of critic work for a couple of journalism pieces. Um, mm-hmm. lived in New York for a good chunk of his life, and. So that's kind of where he started. He did a lot of teaching as well, and then later in his life stuck to designing and the like pre-build portion, and then would take it to a craftsman, be it like a welder, a fabricator, um, mm-hmm. or a wood craftsman, to have them actually build the piece. There were very few pieces mm-hmm. that he actually built in his mm-hmm. later works.
0: You may have already um, said, but what time period is this?
3: So... The bulk of his work that I care about was, like, mid-60s into the early 70s. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't think he was really doing a whole lot of this before then. He was uh, working as an art critic in the mid-50s and then bought... He's really famous for his house that he purchased in New York City. It's a five-story cast-iron building that he bought for $70,000 and...
1: $70,000?
2: Cast-iron building. I thought they were called flat-iron buildings. I'm,
3: not, I'm pretty sure that... Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about.
2: Flat-iron sounds... A
0: there, there's a building called the Flatiron. I know nope.
3: that. It um, is a five-story cast-iron building designed by Nicholas White. Uh, huh. It is 101 <laughs> Spring Street. And what he did is he bought it basically as a shell for $70,000 and then converted it over to his living quarters and the first couple floors, he turned into galleries and did a lot of his exhibitions there.
0: Right on. That's um, awesome. What is, so you said that he does, he was also like a classically trained painter, but mostly you're into his sculptures. What is it about this artist that made you, why did you pick I, this guy?
3: i think it was seeing his stuff in person that really blew me away because seeing a photo of something really doesn't do a whole lot especially when you realize when you're actually looking at it that like his stacks are i mean in some galleries depending on the ceiling height would go up to the ceiling i mean you're talking like 12 foot tall structures which is pretty cool um
1: so you, I'm not, you uh, initially saw his work in a book somewhere, like
3: yeah. I mean, I saw class? I saw his stuff because of my modern art history class for the first time, okay. um, and then I think saw a couple of his pieces at MoMA, um, at
2: the Dia,
3: and a couple at the Dia, which is the Tro- Detroit Institute of Art. If people aren't familiar, yeah, um, <laughs> no, really no, cool no. stuff. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: All of our listeners are highly (laughs) snobby, extremely cultured folk who frequent families all around the world. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I had someone speaking of Michigan, I had someone the other day while I was at work. They're like, Where are you from? I was like, Oh, I'm from Marquette, Upper Michigan And they're like, Oh yeah, so you got you guys make cars there. I was like, What? That's pretty much that's pretty much Detroit. I mean there's Ford factories all over. They're like, Yeah, Michigan, they make cars. I'm like where are you from? And they're like, uh, they're like, well, my parents are from Kentucky. I'm like, oh, you f- you fuck your family then. You're all fuck your family.
3: In that <laughs> oh god. Uh, family so tree looks like a telephone pole.
1: <laughs> I uh, I actually got to do the Sorry, uh, the Kentucky. hand the hand trick the mitten Michigan ah, mitten uh, for my the boss other the other day. Yeah, he was asking where Marquette was, and I was like, well. Have you ever met somebody from Michigan before? If we do this silly thing with our hands. It looks exactly like the state.
0: We're Perfect. all classically trained mimes. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but yeah,
0: Alan, based on what I've seen, I would love to go and see. It, does his work travel around or is there a specific place where it's kind of based? If you're mounting these giant iron sculptures to the wall, I imagine that's kind of semi-permanent.
3: So he has, I mean, the the Judd Foundation, he passed away... Uh, What, 94? Um, So the Judd Foundation, which was built to keep a lot of his works intact, still run his former dwelling as an art gallery where a lot of his pieces live. Um, And that's in New York? That is in New York. And then he also has a second... Now I'm going to have to try and find this. He had purchased a second property. um, Now I'm going to try and find this.
2: I think the MoMA might own a piece or two also.
3: There are definitely okay. some yeah, that, some permanent pieces and then some rotating pieces. I know that there are a couple that float around, but...
2: Wasn't there one at the yeah, Whitney, when, or am I like...
3: There may have been one at the Whitney. I don't remember.
2: Okay. I
3: would not be surprised. They had a pretty healthy modern art section there. Um, when we
0: took the train into New York from New Jersey, MoMA was right it was, like, a block away from the train station that we got off on, so... And I hear it's the same uh, if you come down from the really north, We really
1: should have just... Gone? ...graved the craziness. It
0: wasn't even that crazy as I understand it. Like, um, John and it Casey... It was a
1: weekend day. It was, like, Saturday.
0: Right, but, like, John and Casey... Because we described it to them, and they live in New York, and there was, like, 20 people in the lobby, and Bird was like, oh, shit, it's slammed, and they're like, no. Momo. You should have gone... Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> MoMA, MoMA slammed us, like, 500 people outside the building. So, Oh, yeah. So, But, yeah, we'll, we're going to go down there eventually and see John and Casey and go visit them in the Big Apple. So we'll definitely be going to MoMA. Planned if only, so for, can...
2: like, hours, like yeah, three hours. Yeah, at least hours, half a day. Four yes. hours.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I was thinking, like... Can we di-
1: sneak in food in our clothing? They Not have a, a
2: really
3: great yeah, cafe. Yeah, they've got a cafe in there.
1: Everything's so expensive at museums though.
3: Mm. Well, everything's expensive in New York. Yeah, we'll just sell something. I'm,
1: I'm I think I'm secretly like a little old lady like I would carry my turkey sandwich in my pocket or something. Oh god.
2: Then
0: do it. <laughs> I say we just binge (laughs) on a giant breakfast at John and Casey's and then uh, go and spend the whole fucking day in MoMA. Like, I I would, if we were going to do MoMA, I'd want to do a whole day there. Because when I was in France, there was paintings that I looked at for, like, two hours. Just one painting or two paintings over the course of two hours. I think three hours in MoMA would never be enough.
1: Yes. Anyway, yes. Anyway,
0: Mm -hmm. did you find the thing you were looking for, Ellen? I am vamping.
3: Marfa. Texas, I don't know the address, but there's a town in Texas named Marfa, M-A-R-F-A, where he had a second, well, I don't know if he actually lived there, but he did use it as I don't even a really, uh, display for...
0: I don't even really care anymore, because the town's <laughs> called Marfa, so anything I find there, it would just complain about the dry heat and spit on my shoes.
3: Probably. <laughs> But he used that location to have some of his really, really big pieces built. So he's got, um, there's a permanent installation there of really giant like concrete boxes, Mm. um, which are really cool. And then some of his other big metal works are there as permanent installations too.
0: Um, that sounds like Is he associated at all with There's a, there's a movement called constructivism That I kind of stumbled across While I was doing my research um, And if, if I'm remembering right Constructivism was this like weird crossover Between like abstract Pseudo-minimalist sculpture But it all serves A functional purpose I think it originated somewhere in Europe I want to say Russia but I could be wrong
3: it was, it, is yeah, it was. Russia. Is it was
2: Russia. And I think that mm-hmm. he's after constructivism. He
3: was a little bit, but constructivism was also um, really graphic painting as well, or printmaking.
1: Yeah, isn't and painting. A constructivist. Yeah. Talk no. Louder. Can- <laughs> Sorry. No,
3: you're like just whispering things to me on a podcast.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It'd be like if you I was like. I Don't realize you can't hear me in here. What if you? If you? Do you think that?
0: Anyway, Kandinsky Kandinsky
2: is German Expressionism.
0: Ah, okay. Some of the constructivist stuff I saw was pretty cool. And it sounds like his big, big... um, uh, Judd's big, big pieces kind of sound like maybe constructivist. I don't know, though. Some of the constructivist pieces
3: were pretty crazy. I mean, they were massive. They did a lot of, like, beam and crazy metal stuff that was... Look dangerous.
1: Yeah, isn't there one that's like wood or something, and it looks like like a cyclone or a giant wooden teepee or something?
0: Right, and it had uh, broken glass nails and metal spikes hanging off it. I think it was a children's fountain for a playground in Russia. I'm pretty yeah, sure that sounds about, that. about right. Oh, that's so
1: that's they like just took one of the elementary schools and there.
0: Right, I did. I also found a pile of rust that was a hot dog stand. That was. Also in Russia. Yeah, constructivism. Russia. Is there right.
2: anything else you want to say about Donald Judd? <laughs> I mean, I
3: could go on for a while. He also did a lot of work with um, plexiglass, which is really neat, too. Ooh. He did some... Like, he would take a cube, basically, and clear out the center and then have a metal sleeve inside the plexiglass block so that you could see through it from one side but from the other three sides that were visible from walking around it you would see, like, a colored plexiglass, which is pretty neat, too. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Using...
0: I like that. Using uh, transparent mediums to distort the subject. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and who goes next? Is it me? Yes,
1: it's yep. Okay, yes.
0: good, because that was me building a segue to my oh, artist. Oh, proud so of you. Like, because my artist also uses transparent mediums to distort the, his subjects. Um, I... It, it wasn't too hard for me to figure out who mine was going to be. Um... I wanted. I was originally going to go with like some really dark, twisted, horrid painter who like did pictures of hell. But actually, like I, the guy I ended up with is, for my standards, is pretty innocuous as an artist, but an absolute absolute genius. Um, I went with, um, Man Ray. He's very nice. Man Ray is associated with a lot of different movements, but perhaps most strongly associated with Dadaism.
1: You need to like sit still. You're freaking me out. I'm
0: sorry. I had a he's excited like, witching. I am, and I also drank a cup of tea just now, like really fast. So, and there was honey in it, so I'm buzzing. Um, but yeah, um, so Man Ray he's mostly associated with with Dadaism, which as a movement, before I even talk about Man Ray, I have to touch on what what Dada is. Um, he, yeah, he works. I know you guys are like, no, he's not associated with Dada at all. Um, but he worked across a lot of different mediums. He was a, a painter, um, and for a long time held painting to be like the supreme medium over all others. Later in his life, he sort of let go of that favoritism and became uh, more enamored with photography. He actually became, outside of his like high art aspirations, became fast, um, uh, not fascinated, but uh, highly requested as an extremely famous fashion photographer He did a lot of commercial work as a photographer He also worked in sculpture uh, He was a poet And what I mostly fell in love with was his experimental arthouse films But before I get ahead of myself, I want to just briefly touch on Dada Because I always had Dada as this concept of of like a visual style Dada to me was kind of like really eclectic hyperbolic frenzied collage. Um you know like everybody has the the dada images in their head of like um screaming heads and nonsense words all mashed together on a canvas in like this weird black and white hell collage sort of thing and that was dada. That's how it that sounds right up your alley. <laughs> 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 That's how I first encountered uh, That movement actually Was in Grant Morrison's comic book um, uh, The Doom Patrol He did a whole like Series of three or four issues Where the Doom Patrol went into paintings And encountered like Dada's paintings While they were in there But I found out In my research that Dada is actually It originated in 1916 In Zurich And um, and it was, a, it was a pro- actually not just like a high art movement, it was a protest movement, specifically started to protest in the wake of World War I. Um, the Zurich art scene kind of like saw firsthand all the like horrid slaughters and violence of World War I. And in seeing that, they kind of recognized the shallowness and the illusion of government, of society, of societal norms, um social stratification and even the idea of civilization they saw like rich people and poor people and children just being like butchered in the streets and body stacked all over and it horrified and disgusted them so they created this movement dada to um there's there's so many quotes about dada that i didn't even start writing them down if you just look up what is dada there's a hundred and Thousand quotes by every different artist Because everybody defined it differently The most famous one I think is Dada is nothing, Dada is everything Um, And it was all about stripping away The like surface um, The surface realities of things To expose the ideas beneath There's, as far as the movement goes There really is no um, Like unified visual style to it Because Dada is about The idea behind the art Every artist that they talk to about Dada Says again and again That it's not about The final The the point of Dada is not the artwork It's the intent, the idea, the thought The feeling behind the artwork (laughs) The way that I thought about it was Dada is kind of like The foam or the waves on top of the ocean That you can see But that's the artwork Dada itself is the entire ocean it's everything yeah, that there goes was, into making those bubbles and waves. Go ahead, sorry.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of different um, media that artists chose. I'm trying, you don't tell me to be quiet. I'm trying to talk loud because I am quiet. Uh,
3: you don't have to shout.
2: <laughs> there were a lot of different media that was chosen across the movement. Like, Dada had a lot of collage, a lot of painting, a lot of photography and film. Which, there aren't very many art movements that kind of encompass all of that.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately why I went with a, with a Dadaist rather than, like... I, I kind of got really into the post-Impressionists right after we decided to do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can talk about Van Gogh just because Berg will hate it.
3: <laughs> um, she won't be the only one.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but no, once I, once I started looking at this... He, like, not just him either, like, Marcel Duchamp and all those guys. And I found out that these, uh, like, Man Ray and Marcel Duchamp, very close friends, they weren't even the first wave of Dada artists. They were kind of, like, second wave people They came in. A lot of their work is, like, late, like, uh, late teens, early 1920s. Um, Yeah. But... So back to Man Ray. He was actually born in the United States. He was born in Philadelphia. He was born Emmanuel uh, Radnitsky on uh, August twenty seventh, eighteen ninety, and he ended up going with Man Ray, which, by the way, is his just his first name. It's not first and last. It's like Madonna, but but he's better than her. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Radn- Radnitsky mm, got. I
1: sh- disagree with that.
0: Radnitsky was changed to Ray by his older brother because they were getting a lot of. Um, they were catching a lot of shit in their neighborhood. A lot of, like, racism and um, discrimination and things like that. So they changed it to Ray, and he. Um, Man Ray changed Emmanuel to Forrest Manny and then Man. And then when he became a snobby, pretentious artist, he. <laughs> Just decided to keep the name all to himself. One of the things that I—that's really striking about Man Ray to me. What?
1: He came up with a name that he only called himself.
0: No, he like everybody in their family changed their last name to Ray when they were introducing themselves oh, to turn. avoid discrimination. But he was like, "Hey, man, my—if we can just shift our identities around like this, I'm gonna hey go." Man man ray hey man ray (laughs) um so he shortened his name to manny and then he was like i'm just gonna be man ray from now on like share except for two words
3: instead of one you're really good with these analogies just keep it common
0: the striking thing about him is man ray looks like the surgeon who worked on owen wilson's nose if you look at man ray's face Oh my God! I've never se- his face looks like, uh, and I love him. Like this, I picked him as the artist I love. But I just gotta say, he looks like like Pica- like a Picasso painting of a face. He looks like an obs- like a surrealist cubist human being. I've never seen a nose that fucking crooked in my whole life. Oh, it like Jesus. ends on his cheek. Yeah, <laughs> his face okay. is his face is haunting. He's
1: oh, <laughs> that's like, the
0: like- only reason you chose. Him. <laughs> But in a good way, hes it's like a... Refi- no, not even... In a, in, a, in a very striking way, that's all I can say. His nose is... It's in- like
1: somebody took his face like a towel and started to wring it started out. Started
0: to wring his head out.
1: It's just like... <laughs> twisted. But, very uh, weird. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. I'm not, I mean, I'm not into... I'm not wrong. <laughs> but he, yeah, he originally... He was a classically trained painter and he, he mostly worked on paintings. But... Uh, but... His art is extremely influenced specifically by his mother. Um, wh- and he, he did everything he could to erase his past and his family and his childhood. He spent most of his life, um, like, not talking about his past, not talking about his family. And his mom was a seamstress. So she worked with, like, um, she had a lot of...
1: What? Just sit still. You're I'm, freaking I'm me out.
0: sorry. I'm... I see. I just haven't got any of that good Biddeford heroin in me just yet. So, all right, there we go. All right, I just shut up. I'm I'm chill now. I'm cool. We're cool. Everything is cool. Um, but critics noted that despite him trying to hide um, his past and his family, and especially like he would never talk about him, he just like erased his past, almost all of his work incorporates the accoutrements of the seamstress or or whatever. Like some of his famous pieces are a sewing machine wrapped in sackcloth. One of his most famous sculptures is an iron with um spikes well like welded into it. Um, We see him use mannequins and dummies again and again and again. In a lot of his experimental films you see like bolts of cloth and needle and thread and stuff like that. So Sub, like Subconscious or not His past was like constantly Influencing his work um, So f- Here's what I like about him Photos are how I actually First experienced his work The most famous one and the one that people at home might have seen Or might have seen the influences of Because Man Ray has a huge Influence over pop culture uh, The first one I saw is called um, La Viole d'Angres. It's the violin of Angres. It's 1924. It's a picture. It's a really famous picture of a woman facing away from the camera. Um, she's nude and she has a like a, a wrap on her head, but she has f holes painted on her back, so to sort of accentuate how the female form looks like a musical instrument from behind.
2: And then every emo scene girl in the early 2000s got that tattoo.
0: In in the history of the (laughs) world, yeah, they even go so far. thanks, um, Gerard
1: Way, for bringing that back. Gerard Way? Yeah, isn't there a character in his comic book that has F-holes on her?
0: There's a character in Bitch Planet that has F-holes painted on her back. It's the daughter of that... um, that engineer from one of the issues, uh, his daughter was like a violin expert or whatever. And there's a there's an awesome opening sequence in that comic that has a woman with f holes on her lower back. Um, so that was the first one I ever saw. That actress, or, no, I'm sorry, not actress. The model in that is Kiki de Montparnasse, uh, or Kiki of Montparnasse. It's his lover and muse before
1: the Umbrella see. Academy. There we are.
0: The Umbrella Academy. Okay, so that was, um...
1: Yep, there it fucking is, except it's on the front, not on the back. Okay. And the bridge is where her pubic hair would start. <laughs> Great.
0: So Man Ray, Man Ray, yeah, he basically influenced all oh, the no. emo goth musicians button. in the entire world.
1: What's that piece that is at the bottom, like at the bottom of guitar?
0: Uh, that's the bridge. Yeah, it's the tail. Okay, ta- the, I had it right? Be like, okay. Yeah, the bridge or the tailpiece, either way. Anyway. Um... So that was his first big love, and Muse uh, influenced that. The next picture that you might know is called Le Lame. It means glass tears. It's 1932. Mm-hmm. It's that image of the, the woman's face, the eyes looking away, and there's two glass beads, like teardrops on her cheeks. There's a couple. Um, one thing that freaked the fuck out of me is after doing a little research, I found out that is not a woman. That is a fashion mannequin's face, a high grade fashion mannequin. Really? That's terrifying. Yeah, that's a mannequin head. Um,
2: Holy shit!
0: Well, yeah, one of the things that, like, and when you know that, suddenly the work, like, hits you a second time, it's kind of a cool image, but then you're like, that's not a real face. Man, Ray was doing this, these sort of, like, experimental photographs. I'll get to Rayographs in just one Uh, second.
1: That's really interesting because when I was looking at the photograph, I was going, what is with her freaking eyelashes? (laughs) They're not
0: real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was doing this thing where he was sort of trying to, like, it, it, he, the idea behind it, in in part, that Dadaist idea is the stripping away of what is and what isn't reality. Just like Dada is a really deconstructivist movement to what is and what isn't art. Famously, Marcel Duchamp, um, his he also a Dada artist. Um, he did the Fountain, where he took a urinal, tipped it on its side, and said this is art. Um, he is the the invent. Uh, Marcel Duchamp is the ready-mades ready-mades yeah
2: oh my gosh alan hates ready i'm not
0: a fan man ray actually had (laughs) several ready-mades he did um the i can't remember what it's called it's like uh the enigma i think it's called it's literally just a sewing machine wrapped in a blanket and then he took a photograph of it he made a sculpture took a photograph of it and then destroyed the sculpture and the only piece of art that was left was the photograph of the sculpture of the thing wrapped in a blanket Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> when you said you were doing Man Ray, I, in my brain, was thinking Marcel Duchamp, and I was really excited for you guys to have an argument about how, why <laughs> anyone thinks Ready Maids are retarded. I actually really
3: just hate, like, three of Duchamp's Ready Maids. I actually really like The Fountain. I think that one was really hilarious and kind of like a middle finger to anyone that was outside the art community. But, no, yeah. it's, like, the bicycle wheel and fork, like, <laughs> in the stool. That just makes me angry.
2: Because it's a bicycle? That's no, it's now.
3: just dumb. He ruined the bicycle.
2: Well, no, because, um, like,
3: I mean, on a wild tangent, I really like Ai Weiwei, who's a contemporary artist, and he, like, mangles bicycles. And that doesn't make me mad.
0: Okay. So, as far as artists who, like, give a middle finger to, like, a minimalist or, like, what art can be... I like Dada because it has like a tongue in cheek feel to it. When we get to artists Mm. that we hate, the other art, the Mm. artist that I hate is the founder of the worst like reductive art movement of all fucking time. But we'll get to him in a second. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Man Ray had a second lover uh, and muse, famously. Her name's Lee Miller. Um, There's another famous piece called, uh, I wrote it down somewhere. Oh. Um, it's called the indestructible object. He made two of them. One is called indestructible object. The other one is called object of destruction. The first it's, it's a, a, um, oh shit, metronome with an eye, a cutout eyeball posted on the, the pendulum. Yeah. So he would put that in his studio. The first one is called indestructible object, i.e. time. Uh, and set it going as a way to keep himself accountable and keep himself being productive. Like, he always had this ticking eye watching him work.
3: Uh, sounds awful.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it gets better,
0: because when his, you know, at the time, lover and muse, Lee Miller left him for another man... He started this long, insane series of artworks where he would take pieces of her body, like pictures that he'd drawn or pictures that he'd taken of her body, and cut them into little pieces and incorporate them into his works as a way of destroying her, of like cutting her up and dismembering her and rendering her into pieces. So the second one, Object of Destruction, the second pendulum he made, or, um, uh, metronome that he made had lee miller's eye on it and he actually included in his first gallery showing of it instructions which are cut out the eye from a photograph of one who has been loved but is seen no more attach the eye to the pendulum of a metronome and regulate the weight to suit the tempo desired keep going to the limit of endurance and with a hammer well aimed try to destroy the whole in a single blow um, Holy shit! Now this was actually done, uh, and from the insurance money that he got from destroying the artwork, he was able to rebuild the artwork and then make like six more sculptures <laughs> off of the money. Perfect. Um, he, there's the most. Fa- I saved the most famous for last. Um, his most famous painting is called Le Observatoire les Amoureux, uh, Observatory Time, the Lovers. Uh, this is a very famous painting. It's actually a photograph, but there's a painting inside of it. And the photograph itself uh, inspired like, so much pop culture you can't even tell. It's, it's a basically disembodied lips. Again, Lee Miller's lips just floating in the sky with a nude woman sitting next to a Lincoln. chessboard staring at the lips in the sky. And this is actually the piece of artwork that inspired the logo for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The, like, the giant lips with mm-hmm. um, Dr. Frankenfurter, like, lounging out on them. The lips are reminiscent of Lee Miller's lips in the, pa- in the painting, and Dr. Frankenfurter is laying in the same pose as the nude woman on the beach in the photograph. Fantastic. I never put that
2: together at all right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, when I read that, I was like, oh my god, um... So yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all I had on it I don't want to get too much into film Because I feel like when we're talking about modern art We should talk about stuff that you can hang on gallery walls And sip a really dry Cabernet to Or a Chablis um, and
1: or we would be here forever until we died. We would
0: be here forever yeah. until we die. But um, my favorite of Man Ray's art, which is weird that I'm going to just breeze through it. But my favorite of his art is his experimental mm-hmm. films. He was involved in a cinema movement in France called cinema pure, which removed all plot, removed all character, removed story, removed any of the, what they called trappings of literature and tried to create films that were purely cinematic, um, Film as art that only film can do. Um, my three favorites, I'll recommend them to you. You can find them all on YouTube. A lot of them have been scored. They were originally silent, and they're much better if you don't watch them with the stupid scores that they put over them. So watch them with the sound off. But um, La Retour à la Raison, The Return of Reason, 1923. Um, to make this movie, a lot of times he would run the film over a light and then throw salt and pepper on the expose, on the film that was being exposed to create moving rayographs, which is where like the salt would block the light and create like this weird, spackly, staticky pattern. Um, so then the next one is Amak Bakia, 1926. Uh, really good. I, watching that one, it, his next two films are so surrealist. They're amazing. This one is like early surrealist film, and then the last one is called The Sea Star or The Starfish, uh, 1928. This is the one I was thinking of, Alan, when I made my little segue. He shot through glass, shot straight into mirrors at subjects behind the camera, and shot like through like 10 or 12 mirrors to capture subjects to create basically like this weird highly distorted kind of warm fuzzy underwater look to the film it's I, i've never seen anything like it and it <laughs> was a film made in like the late 20s i've never seen a modern film pull off anything
3: as strange looking as this so are um, you going to link these in the description of the podcast
0: yeah that's a good idea i'll probably do a big um i'll do it on the website i'll do a big like catch all check all these people out um, yeah Type post, so I should be. I guess I should be writing down everybody's artists, so I can do that. But we that can just is...
2: send you our stuff. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that is my artist, Man Ray. I love him. I love him. Going <laughs> to check him out. Um, so can I'm surprised
2: I... that you didn't talk about rayographs more because those are really fucking cool and there's so much fun to make.
0: I didn't want to. I don't want to. I feel like I've been talking forever. But here, do you, you, you want to tell people what rayographs
2: are? So rayographs, you basically take unexposed photo- photography paper and you put it under the exposure light. Enlarger. Enlarger, that's the word. Mm-hmm. And you put stuff <laughs> on it. You put different things on it and then oh, you expose the paper and you this. develop it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something that pretty much like every beginner film student does. Yeah.
2: They're so much uh, fun, man. but he did a shit ton of those and kind of invented yeah. it, I think.
3: Well, yeah, that's why they're called a rayograph. Well, I...
2: <laughs> Well, actually,
0: in my studies, it seems to be suggested that they existed before him. But as a genius in marketing, as a genius in marketing, he named it after himself to kind of rebrand them as his. His most famous, if you want to go look it up, is called The Kiss. It's a pair of hands that he exposed and then re-exposed him and his lover's face kissing over the hands. It's a super fucking cool image. And it's, it's one of his early, I think it's one of his earliest rayographs. It's really, really popular. Alright, so speaking of lovers... I thought it
1: was just like rayograph, like ray of light.
0: No, it's Man Ray's patented rayograph. Come on down, kids, and see my cool photography shit. (laughs) And my crazy nose. Alright, but speaking of lovers and kissing, Bird, lover of mine... I believe it is your, I'm trying to, I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and double fist, ham fist a segue into every single transition.
3: So (laughs) things that Max is not exceptionally good at,
0: uh,
3: analogies and (laughs) segues. Probably Our writing segments
1: we'll too. It underneath this podcast.
0: Yeah, that's bad. Yes. I'm in a I'm in like a radio talk show every week. I should this is a skill I should have honed by now. <laughs> Speaking of honing, sounds like home. I'm in my home with my wife. Wife, what is your <laughs> favorite artist? Killing I it. wish
2: that there was a sound effect you could put in for every time Bert rolls her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: God. It would be nothing but that. we should keep a tally
0: we should i'll I'll, I'll get it in the post um all right so no but seriously go
1: ahead go ahead before i
0: butcher another freaking segue. stop
1: okay oh we lost it i'm sorry Sorry. we're
3: back what are you doing
1: i'm breaking things okay
0: just put your phone away I just saw Aaron from two different angles at the same time. That was weird, like
1: a chameleon brain. That was fucking
0: nice. It picked up
2: on my phone. We're experiencing Mm -hmm. temporary
0: technical difficulties.
2: Okay. I think we're good Now we're
0: golden. Mm -hmm. Our Skype Mm -hmm. connection is now a bit sketchy. Your phone is is still recording. And I can still see, yeah, I can still see the ceiling on your phone. What? Uh, well, I quit everything. Just turn your phone off. Oh, okay, there we go. We're back. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you a joke In the, while they figure this out. Uh, what do you call a hundred lawyers chained at the bottom of the ocean? A good start. All right. Bird, who's your favorite <laughs> artist?
1: <laughs> you so oh, jeez. <laughs> maybe you are, maybe I'm changing this right now and making you the artist that The I artist hate. that
0: you hate is me.
1: <laughs> okay obviously it's Alphonse Mooka I don't think anybody is surprised by that Um, nope
3: not even a little bit
1: I have his thing tattooed on my body so yeah
3: his Um, thing
0: like his
1: he had like um like his flourish decorative motifs and I got one of them tattooed on me Um, hey me
0: too
2: that's true you have a Mooka tattooed on you yeah uh, the, keep turning. The, he has to get to a really awkward angle.
0: <laughs> oh, it's that little uh, flourish at the end? Is Mooka's yeah. thing? Or that, mm-hmm. that whole, that whole thing. doodle? The whole doodle. Man, now I, I'm going to get some Mooka on me. You probably should. <laughs> I'm going to cover myself in Mooka. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You.
1: Okay. Um, he is a Czech-born artist. He was born um, July 24th, 1860. Um it's really weird. I didn't know when his birthday was. It's super close to my birthday, and he died on the 14th, super close to Alan's birthday.
3: This oh, is in yeah. July, for those that don't know. Wait, when was his birthday? The 24th. July 24th. Oh, gotcha. I wasn't paying attention, sorry.
1: Right? Weird. Yes. Um, so, he was, I don't know, born in the Czech Republic somewhere, and... Um, because he had a really good singing voice, he was able to keep going to school after like high school and um, had a passion for drawing. Anyway, ended up in France and um, was not really doing much of anything of note until um, 1894. He happened to see um, in a print shop that they needed a new poster suddenly for um, a Sarah Bernhardt play. Um and she was like a big superstar in French theatre at the time. And he's like, Okay, gimme two weeks, I'll make this shit for you. So he made the poster for Gizmonda and blew up.
3: In two weeks. Every,
1: yeah. He he made Just a shattered people's round. brain holes.
0: That quick sidebar? Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean Actually got their big break Into comics in a similar way They went and met with Karen Berger Who was in England at the time Looking for new writers and artists For uh, the Vertigo comics The DC uh, imprint And she was like Hey, uh, you guys seem really cool You work well together um, Do you have uh, any artwork that you could show us? And they're like Oh yeah, we just forgot it We'll bring it to you tomorrow And in they left And Karen's like Yeah, yeah, fine They lied They went home and dave mckean did fucking like every character design cover design full interiors full watercolor mixed media paintings and neil gaiman wrote like a full script for a graphic novel in one night and they brought it all back to her the next day and she's like wow you guys have been working on this for a long time this is brilliant you guys are both hired later dave (laughs) mckean was gonna get fired from sandman because he was behind schedule on the sandman covers so Karen's like, "Dave, I'm sorry. We need you to focus. You're fired. You can't do the Sandman covers anymore." He went home that night and did 14 full-size oil paintings, which were what? the next which were the next 14 Sandman covers in one night. Sent them to Karen the next day and no one ever said anything about it again. What kind of
3: drugs is he on? That is insane.
2: Because I can't do 14 oil paintings in a year, let alone one night. (laughs) I love oil painting, but fuck. Holy
3: shit. Uh,
0: Artists who work fast, like insane maniacs on speed, uh, do well, is what we're learning here today.
2: Yes,
3: maybe we should get some speed. They also have to be good artists. Let's
1: get some speed.
3: Yeah, let's do that.
1: (laughs) Um, anyway, everybody loved the poster so much. Um, and Sarah Bernhardt herself loved it so much that she, um, had him under contract for like six years or something to do Holy all cat. of her subsequent posters. So then everybody wanted him to do their stuff. And, um, he's really known for doing, um, print media, like, um, uh, Posters, advertisements, um, illustrations for things, postcards. Um, but he also has done um, il- book illustrations. Like, he, I think he wrote and illustrated a book called The Slav Epic. Oh my God,
0: I um, gotta find that. And, buy and it
1: for his, you. oh my God, his pieces for that are gorgeous. Um, but he painting. also did paintings, he designed jewelry. Wallpaper, um, a theater set. I
2: love his jewelry. I I've know. never seen his jewelry. If he you does...
1: like his jewelry, you should check out Renee Lalique. I love okay. Renee Lalique. His stuff is gorgeous too, and kind of like freaky, weird, ethereal too. Um, I like that. Keep talking. Yes, it's, Tell me more. it's gorgeous. <laughs> um, I think he even has his own um museum. Like right next door to uh, the Louvre in Paris. Nice, uh,
0: very nice. Right, um, um, Muka's jewelry is really cool. I'm, I just ha- I've never seen it. So before.
1: It's So weird and yeah, it's gorgeous.
0: Wow. Okay. Ugh. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. He, he's a, his jewelry is amazing.
1: Um. And originally, this style that he was working in, um, was called Muka style, which I didn't know until today. Um and they I know he is awesome. See? Oh my god. See there's nothing <laughs> I don't he know can't if do. You guys
0: can see that or not? But yeah, pull- we just
2: pulled that up. Oh,
0: it's amazing. Okay, I've uh I got to not look at it or I'm just going to just keep creaming over here. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: I know. It's so pretty. Um Oh, for
0: those of you in uh listening in the audio realm, <laughs> uh we just pulled up two pieces of jewelry. One is like a, a wristband Or a bracelet, which is a serpent. Like a coiled serpent that goes all the way down onto the wearer's finger and has like a large gemstone near its head or maybe in its mouth. Alan pulled one up, which is. There's a name for that. Uh, Samara? Is that what that
1: is? Yeah, it's a maple leaf. I believe so. Um, Maple seed? Yeah, Yeah.
0: the dual maple seed. And it's like. I think it's a brooch, am I? unless I'm wrong. It is, and
3: it's yeah. like totally yeah. encrusted with gemstones. And yeah, there's a really
2: this, big freshwater pearl hanging from it.
0: Oh, uh, it's just, it, but the, it's absolutely gorgeous. Go ahead and like, seriously Google Mooka um, Jewelry while you listen to us babble, because it's,
3: it's fucking awesome stuff. And if um, you have just wads of cash i around, go buy some.
0: <laughs> and send it to me and send it, i was just about to say I, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, wanna, if you, wanna send you want us if you want to me to love
1: you forever
0: i don't know i've been kicking around the idea of if we had a p.o box i'd give our address out but oh well, mm. no there's a lot of robbers oh
1: this anybody. one's my favorite it's um like a bust of a woman and it's probably made of jade and um she is like crowned in gold and then has two eagles head or hawks heads over her shoulders mm. And oh, I love that from one. that are two smaller, like illustrations. very
0: ornate. It's sort of like a more um, like a more fantastical sort of baroque <sighs> style almost. Um, it's extremely detailed, extremely ornate.
1: You know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if um the Elven worlds in Lord of the the Lord of the Rings films were inspired by his design.
3: Looking at his
1: lines Joy yeah is definitely. So... Similar, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, um. Before, I mean, before you jump ahead, I, mm-hmm. because you're talking about the prints and printing right now. He's mm-hmm. he's mostly known for like those those famous like posters, right?
1: Yeah, that um got like glued up to walls. So what's there's his... actually not a lot of su- surviving original pieces.
0: Because it was just like street. But what's what's his most famous one? What's the one that people will remember or like know?
1: Oh my god. Um. Probably he did a lot of series of like. Um, seasons, or plants, or um, gemstones. I think he did
3: the planets too, didn't he?
1: Um, he did um, stars, or the, at least the months, like the the moon, the morning star, the evening star, and mm-hmm. yep. the North Star. I think. So um,
0: stylistically, these a lot of them are like uh, sort of like profiles or like three quarter views of like beautiful women. Most
1: with... of his artwork has like gorgeous, curvy, scantily clad women. With like crazy wild stylized hair. Okay. He originated that weird stylized hair and it's called um, macaroni hair. <laughs> I know. Um, I
0: could eat some macaroni hair right now, I'm starving.
1: And uh, the whiplash line is also
2: his. Um, and a lot of, pretty much all of his pieces have that like border. Oh, yeah. With the stylized, um, the like floral like motifs. And- Motifs. That's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for. Yeah.
3: Yeah, lots of, like, organic shapes in his work mixed mm-hmm. with some really, like, crisp um, geometric shapes, which I think yeah, is a yeah. really nice mix.
2: I love the paintings that he does with the ladies in the little cathedrals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I love his color palette, too. It's so rich, and I don't you just want
2: to, like, crawl right
1: into it. Very it's very rich, but it's wealthy, also cozy. muted,
2: kind of like like you're sitting under a tree in the summertime, mm-hmm. and the light gets diffused to the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It's it,
1: his artwork. You would know it. You know, you would recognize it if you saw his stuff. And it's been knocked well, it's off been so, so heavily yeah
3: reproduced like oh my crazy. God. Um,
1: and it kind of makes me mad. Like I remember seeing T-shirts a couple years ago that had. Um, his artwork on it. And I was like, this is fucking famous artwork. And they're just putting it on a t-shirt and nobody knows that it's, you know, Alphonse Muka. That's what I always incredible. got mad
0: about when you see the stickers on the back of the truck and it's Calvin, like, pissing on the Ford logo. Ugh, yeah, That's, Bill Watterson has never authorized any merchandise for Calvin Hobbs. So every Calvin and Hobbes bit of merchandise you see is bootlegged or, or like, pirated.
3: Um, well and over- it's everywhere
0: Yeah it's it's totally it's ubiquitous weird. And it's just fucking Bill Watterson over And going totally against his wishes He said like he they, people have offered him Like multi-millions of dollars To do that as a cartoon Or a co- as um, like a, a movie Or whatever and he's like no No absolutely not it's a comic strip that's how It belongs and they're like what about t-shirts He's like no it's not about t-shirts it's about this awesome Comic strip that I wrote so Yeah that always bummed me out but back to Sorry back to Muka
1: Um I don't know. That's that's really what I had. Um he um his death was pretty sad. He ended up back in the Czech Republic in his later years and um the um the like the secret police or whatever. Um he was one of the first people they arrested in the Czech Republic when Germany invaded.
0: Really? And was he yeah. was he executed?
1: Uh, no, he died, like, in prison or something of, mm. um, I think, like, a lung infection.
0: That's shitty.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the um, The art style, the Art Nouveau art style, is mm-hmm. that... Because the, the things I always think of are, like, the poster for, like, the Green Fairy and, like, La Chat Noir. Is that... Those
1: are not him. Those are people inspired by his work.
0: But those are part of the... Did he yeah, start the so Art Nouveau, Nouveau movement?
1: Yeah, it was named after him, and as people kind of got involved in that style and and was we're doing sort of like mimicry mm. um it turned into art nouveau rather than muca style
0: which stands for new art and speaking of new art we have a new favorite artist who's about to come up here as erin oh. tells us who <laughs> her <laughs> new favorite artist is i'm killing it that one was on point Oh, shit, yeah.
1: <laughs> mm. Alright. So,
0: Bring your A-game today,
3: man. So, every,
0: I do every day. It's all so the speed the the
2: So guy? I picked Emil Nolda, who was a German expressionist, and for a minute he was a member of the Die Brucke group. Which I think is how you pronounce it. It means the bridge. Die, die, Brücke. die Brücke. Die Brücke. There you go. <laughs> Didn't take German. Take um, German. <laughs> Still suck at it. Um, he was born in on August seventh, eighteen sixty-seven, and he his name when he was born was Emil hansen and he adopted the last name nolda as because that is the la, um, name of the village where he was born <laughs> and from 1902 on that's what his name was it was Emil nolda
0: um sorry i heard a, a large crashing sound and i was wondering if like the cops were busting in on you guys or something oh no not on our end
2: just really? we're both being very wiggly right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, so yeah, go ahead, sorry.
2: Yes. So he I would put him as a German expressionist because he was only associated with the bridge group for a year. Oh, okay. Um because he was very a very solitary person and didn't really like being in any kind of group um when it came to his artwork. He started his career as a carver for a furniture factory. Hmm. And it didn't... In, let's see. He was 31 by the time he pursued a career as a fine artist.
0: What was his primary... Did he do sculpture as a furniture carver? Or was what was his primary medium?
2: Um, as a fine artist, paint and woodcuts and lithographs. And Alan keeps telling me to be quiet. And I'm You're trying.
3: shouting... You're um,
2: not fine, shouting, uh.
3: actually. I'm watching our levels, and she's shouting. <laughs> ah,
2: okay. Um, he did a lot of painting and a lot of woodcuts, so um, printmaking in there too. And I really, really like his um, prints. Whoa. And he did some paintings who that were that I would take that painting and then translate it into uh woodcut because i think that his style was very graphic and worked well in that medium
0: oh that's amazing very cool yeah mm. it, uh, it reminds me i just read a book um um, 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 um um ways of dying is that what it's called i just read a book called ways of Di- it almost looks like um What's that scratch? You were just telling me about it the other day. Oh, scratchboard? It almost looks like scratchboard to me.
2: Yeah, scratchboard and woodcuts kind of look similar if you Same do it concept. in the style that he did. Um, so he did a lot of. Woodcuts. Oh my god! 100... Right,
0: hold on, I need to stop you for a second. Every time you guys yes. put something down on your desk, no, it's
1: it's you turning the pages. Or I think Alan, uh, it's Sorry, it's like it's bl- okay. it
0: blows the mic out, and I have a little heart attack. <laughs> it probably isn't showing up on your microphone on that end, but it's showing up through the Skype thing. So if you see us jump, or if you hear the sound of urine hitting upholstery. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it is. That's not a
3: sound I'm familiar with. Could you just like give us a sample? It's uh, no,
0: <laughs> Yeah, sure. Well, okay. Thirty seconds of room noise with background uh Urination. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um
2: so he mostly did paintings, but he also did a lot of woodcuts and his style was very graphic. And really thick dark lines for his um, a lot of his paintings and woodcuts. And then his palette was kind of like a mustardy yellow, blue, and red and green. And um, if you like look up German Expressionism, basically all of them have the same palette. It's that like yellowy green and lots of like dark blues and reds.
0: So, just so I can keep it in context, I have a pretty good idea in my head, but maybe some of our listeners don't. Can you define German Expressionism or sort of talk about the general feel or jouissance of, I shouldn't use French <laughs> terms in German art forms, but um, talk about German Expressionism a little bit?
2: All right. Um, it refers to a number of related creative movements beginning in Germany before the First World War and reached a peak in Berlin during the 1920s. Other German Expressionists are Vasily Kandinsky, Paul Klee, Kathy Kollowitz, Ernst Ernst Kirchner, Steven um, Spielberg. (laughs) Har har har.
0: There's a famous. They always use. They hold up Star Wars as a famous example of German Expressionism.
2: Um, they do? I'm not Mark making this
0: is, up. This
2: we were in the same class together. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Mm.
2: <laughs> um, Franz Mark is another German expressionist. He's really famous for painting blue horses. Mm. Um, I also really like his work. Uh, so secretly, you have two. You picked two, didn't you? <laughs> she, no. I, uh, it
3: would be safe to say that she likes a movement. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like...
2: I There Oof. isn't much... German Expressionism that I don't like
0: So those are the people um, involved What's the Is there a, like a the unified style. visual style Or is there a lot of Like tenets of the movement
2: Um <laughs> It's all kind of different There are a lot of different groups Under German Expressionism Like um, Kandinsky is famous for Being a um, A synesthete. Mm-hmm. so like he would hear colors and things and he painted mm-hmm. what he heard when he listened to music oh, that's um awesome yeah kathy kalowitz is has some heartbreaking really emotional um prints and charcoal pieces of what life was like during world war one in germany
3: it's like super They're dark, like dark and super gritty yeah,
2: yeah. Who is um Somebody so like it's that name down sorry It's K A T H E K O L L W I T Z, Kathakalowitz. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just Google it. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, her. Okay.
2: Her work is amazing. Um, But there, there isn't any one real style for German Expressionism because it's broken into so many different movements within that. Right. And I like them all. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that I found really interesting about him is that he was a huge supporter of the Nazi party Ah. from the early 20s into the Mm mid-30s, and um, I wrote down uh, some stuff for my book. It said that he believed in the ethnic superiority of the Nordic people, and until... (laughs) Yeah, and until 1934, his art was tolerated by the Nazis. And then Goebbels deemed it too experimental, primitive, and un-German. And in 1936, all expressionistic in, in, expressionist artists were banned from working in Germany. And then in 1937, the Nazi party hosted the... Degenerate Art Exhibit. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the German there. <laughs> I, think uh, I think that translates to... <laughs> i
0: pretty sure that's... You,
3: you didn't spit enough. But, uh,
0: there should have been some more celibate. I have a yes. pole, so <laughs> sinuses ah. are a bit dry. But... <laughs>
2: So, in that exhibit, there were over 16,000 works of painting, prints, drawing, and sculptures. And of that 16,000, over 1,000 of them were his. And they were exhibited. And then um, most of the work in this exhibit that the Nazis put on was destroyed. And the rest of it was lost during the war. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. You guys seen the
0: movie The Monuments mm. Men? Gotta love the movie. So demon. good.
2: Destroying shit.
0: I think Alan yeah, just said so uh, good, but... We, we both, both did. did. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, Bird, have you not seen it yet? No. Okay, I have it. We're going to watch Monuments Man tonight. It's fucking mm-hmm. amazing.
3: Okay. So good.
2: I'm going to um, hold this up. I'll send you this, but this piece right here is my favorite piece of his. It's two, It's just a really simple brush painting yeah. of two naked ladies, and it's just gorgeous.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... No, I. I mean, I'm. I'm a big fan of German Expressionism too. We, Bird and I, saw an Expressionist, a German Expressionist film not too long ago. Are all three of those his?
2: Yeah. So he has a very different, like, vast array of things that he did, and that's his too.
1: So while while you were talking about this, I was googling him, and um, oh, it's fine. I cannot stand his portraits or like figurative work, but his landscapes are. Gorgeous. Amazing! Yeah, they're stunning, and they're I big too, aren't they? Reds, black. Yeah, the I want to say like forty by.
0: The colors.
1: Was he working in watercolor? Because it really looks like the color is doing a lot of mixing and he very did... fluid. Um. Yeah,
0: watercolor.
2: Sorry. Yeah, yeah he did yeah. work in watercolor, Ugh. but I also think that he worked a lot with oils.
0: We could do a whole podcast about oil paints. So bird, damn good, bird absolutely abhors oil painting
2: um it's funny because
0: it. so many fine artists like it but um mm-hmm. Wait, we just it's watched my the German it's
2: my favorite way to paint is oil painting oil painting yeah
0: because
2: uh, you can just keep layering, van, and layering and layering and layering and if it doesn't look good you just scrape it off and start over or you just keep going leave.
3: and you have a f- 50 pound painting yep van
0: gogh um right. but doesn't that take a it takes a long time to dry right
2: Oh, like yeah.
3: Insane amounts like of time. Like,
2: weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but there's a, a German Expressionist film. I, f- I think it's still on Netflix. It was last time I checked that all of our listeners should go and check out. Uh, silent Film. I think it's, like, 1916 or something like that. It's The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It is i mean for the time for the time period that it's shot it's like watching a nightmare on screen it's one of the most unsettling movies i've ever seen like and it's a silent film from pre-1920 it's amazing it's one of it's like cinematic masterpiece and for the first first time on this podcast Bert agrees with me
1: i I did (laughs) enjoy it
0: oh my god it's it's incredible the one of the coolest thing about it is um The set design. We won't get too far. I guess we won't. It's
1: like they went into one of um, oh shit, that artist. Which one? Emil, not Emil Nolda, but um, the second guy that you mentioned, the Blue Horses guy. Oh, like Franz Mark? Yeah, it's like it's they like went, into went into one of his, his paintings. paintings. It's very weird. That's the sets cool.
0: are, like, none of the sets are built true. Everything's at, like, weird, crazy angles. And there's, like,
1: and... weird shading going on on the set work and stuff. Yeah, they use am- crazy
0: lighting. amazing use of light. And my other favorite thing is they'll use, uh, they use flats to, like, show, like, depth and stuff. But they... Intentionally fuck the perspective up really bad, so things are like insanely foreshortened or like extended into infinity, and people are
2: everything just... that you just said about the sets in this movie. I think would describe German Expressionism as a whole.
0: Yeah, basically, because it's like yeah. the, that,
2: of all of things. that, yeah, all of that was taken into so many different movements within the movement. But I think that they all kind of show. That. Like, it's just weird and a little bit unsettling, and the light is really dramatic, and nothing is quite right with perspective or Mm. angles.
0: I'm pretty sure that this movie, you were going to say this movie is held up as like one of the best examples of yes. German expressionists in film. In, in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. doc, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, wa- go and watch it, it's amazing. Um, that's all of the artists that we love, correct?
3: <laughs> so I,
2: would I mean, like to I had to stop at one, but yes.
3: One more name into the <laughs> yes. pot, and this is mostly for your sake, Max, oh, but...
0: Okay, go ahead. Well...
3: Aaron told me to stick with Judd mostly so that we would have somebody who wasn't strictly a painter in the mix, Uh Um, and this was before we knew what everybody else was doing, Um, but there is a painter that I think you would really appreciate, and I know that you were contemplating going that real dark, just gritty realm. Francis Bacon? Francis Bacon,
2: 110%. Alan loves Francis Bacon. (laughs) I...
0: Fucking adore. Have some thoughts about Francis, Francis Bacon. Bacon. Oh my god. Uh, I've talked to Bert about it. If I can get my hands on high quality reproductions, prints, if I become a billionaire, I'm going to buy all his originals. I would decorate every room in my house with fucking Francis Bacon. I love this goddamn artist so, so, so much. I'm so glad, Alan, that you said Francis Bacon. I fucking love him.
3: Oh I mean, what God. what could you not love about like half faces and just hanging cuts of meat? Like, uh, yeah. uh, what could be better than that?
0: <laughs> I think it's called like Innocent the Sixteenth. One of his paintings, just the Pope sitting on his pulpit, screaming with half his head Isn't is a blur. That oh that you my like gosh! Sides of beef. class.
3: Yep. So, uh, <sighs> in one of my video production classes when I was going through college, we reproduced that painting. As a film piece, This
2: and oh. terrifying screech. And I can,
3: yeah, I like shriek like a pterodactyl in it. It's terrifying. Do it. Just do I'm it. not gonna do, do, it. It. It's do gonna, it. No, it's, gonna...
0: it's too. Nope. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Jesus. I hope that translates. Um, oh my god. All right, seriously, if you can get your hands on that film or that footage, it doesn't have to be for this uh, this episode. But if you can find it's that, on Vimeo, that... yeah. I will find it. I wanna put that up on my site if at all
1: possible.
0: <laughs> um, Alright, I'm god, I'm so glad we ended with like a little sneaky plug for Francis Bacon. <laughs> I was almost heartbroken. Just a that sucker I punch the...
1: The...
0: <laughs> oh man, if we do another episode, if we do another one of these art episodes, we you and me will just like double up and do a deep dive on Francis Bacon while the girls sit and are like, I fucking hate this.
3: <laughs> I think what? you and I should I just we should like cook him. bacon.
0: And then God. have a discussion about yeah. Francis Bacon. We'll do a Bacon episode. Can we also
1: talk about Goya?
0: Yeah, we'll do... Oh my God, I why don't we... I love Goya. Why yeah, don't we do I that? Like why point. don't we do that? We'll do... Um, we'll do... Who's the other guy who did the Garden of Earthly Delights? We'll do Francis Bacon. We'll do Goya.
2: Oh, Hieronymus Botch. And yes. we'll do
0: Hieronymus Bosch. We'll just Aww. pick... Let's pick four, like, super insanely dark artists and do do those. Perfect. Perfect. Oh my god, amazing. All right. Um, we should me... also
2: talk about a sculptor whose name was Bertus, who did t- a tympanum at a super remote cathedral in France that I want to go to so bad and his shit is terrifying.
0: Where do you know where in France cuz I, I there was a a couple painters I saw in France who like their artwork is sculptor. deeply a, a sculptor?
2: Yeah. What, what's his name? Yeah, he Bertus.
0: Okay. Never mind. fantastic name too i'll
2: look it up and i'll send it to you
0: yeah i i posted a sculptor a french sculptor that everyone should go and take a peek at um and i think you guys probably have already seen his shit i've been talking about him since i got back from did you post it i did i posted his name on the website www.quillandfilmproductions.com you can find it under chapman and robin it's i think the episode was modern art and body mods Part one or part two. His, his anyway, the sculptor's name is Joan Penard. Y oh. o a n n, p e n a r d. He has the Fusselli. most Fuselli.
1: We should do him too. We should talk about Fuseli as well. Who
0: Fuseli? Is he yeah. the guy who did the nightmare? The nightmare. Okay, there we've got our four: Hieronymus <laughs> Bosch, Fuselli, Francis Bacon, and Goya. Goya. That'll be our That's next episode. Um, speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of our next art episode, um, oh we've actually hit about the length of one episode, so I'm going to split this one into a two-parter. Um, Very nice. So we'll, we can just stay and record it now, and we'll use the magic of audio engineering <gasps> to make it appear as though we sat down for multiple weeks <laughs> contemplating our <laughs> decisions. Hmm. Um, so. Yeah. So ever this, I mean, this has been a blast. Honestly, I I fucking love this. I feel smarter. I feel cultured. I feel like I'm drunk on red wine and maybe I've been smoking opium in a den with boys, young boys, um, boys which, of any age. Come I don't on, know Max. How that makes me cultured? I yeah, I shouldn't. I really. Should. That makes me uncomfortable. Speaking. Oh, uh, so little teaser for next week. Speaking of artists who supported the Nazi party um uh i don't know about supporting the nazi party but we're gonna get into some really uncomfortable racial territory and possible white suprematism uh and that's a a hint for all you art nerds out there suprematism um next week on chairman and robin uh next week tune in as we all sit and rail against artists that we loathe hate despise and are going to make so much fucking fun of that uh we will be peeing on upholstery. Does anybody have anything else? Let's get all of our plugs out of the way. How's that sound? Uh, well, before we do that, anybody have anything else to talk about? Artists that we love before we get into the final wrap-up for this week's episode?
2: Um, at the end of... So I typed up some research, and at the end I wrote down, That said, I love so many artists. Frida Kahlo, Mark Rothko, Louise Nevelson, Chuck Close, Joan Miro, Henry Matisse... Salvador Dali, <laughs> O'Keefe, Kalowitz, oh. Ames, Frank Lloyd Wright, Calder, Motherwell, Frankenthaler. Right. And then at the end of that, I wrote, fuck, I just love modern art. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was our big shout out section. I would love to see Bird and Aaron go head to head on Salvador Dali. I am also uh, a Dali fan. Bird, on the other hand, is she poops the man with the mustache himself. Um. <laughs> Brad, do you have anything else on modern art? Um, I never really asked you, just in, in a general summation, if you had to just, in a couple sentences, what do you love so much about Mooka? Just general general feeling. I
1: it? don't know. I just have this, like, gut response to him. Um, I found a book of his, um, which I have since purchased, um, when I was, I don't know, Al, maybe like
3: 12? 16?
1: Oh, was it that that I think it was later. 14 to 16?
3: I would say 14 Um, to 16.
1: And I was just mesmerized. Um, I took that book home from the library, and I just stared at it for hours. Um,
3: I'm fairly certain that you brought it home from the library more than once.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure I checked that out, like, three or four times. (laughs) Maybe more. Um and like had photocopied pages <laughs> of this book so that I could keep it and stuff. Yeah. I well, don't know.
0: Just, it's a, just a gut response? Yeah. Well, I'm having a gut response to that chicken over there. So we're going to wrap up this week's episode. That's another segue for all of you folks at home. I'm slaying them left and right, like somebody slayed the chicken that's on my stove right now. Um, oh my so <laughs> let's let's get the <laughs> bird is just the, the amount of embarrassment on her face.
3: So dumb Shocking.
0: <laughs> it's just <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Um. Okay. So um, let's let's uh. Where can we find? Where can listeners go and find you guys? Both of you are artists. Um. In, yeah. in many different, ways in many different
2: places. They can go to our sad, sad website.
3: Hey, we got to start somewhere.
2: <laughs> www.shugcreative.com. S-C-H-U-G creative.com.
3: We are also on Instagram under the same name.
2: Or you can find me at baloney shoes and him at mister <laughs> underscore anonymous.
0: <laughs> anonymous is an M O O S E, anonymous. Um, uh-huh. every, every time I tag you guys in something on Instagram, I'm just like, ha, baloney shoes. Ha, anonymous. It's just, you guys have the best names on Instagram. You fucking win the internet with those. Um, are you guys? Do you guys use Twitter at all, or are you primarily Fuck Instagram,
3: no. folks? Okay, absolutely <laughs> Thank not. Right. No, nope, my previous phone didn't allow me to use Twitter. So excellent. Just okay,
0: stopped. well, we'd love to drive people to your site. We've been there a couple times. Are you guys going to be updating soon? And actually, are you gonna? There's been lots of talk about a uh, podcast coming from you guys is there any plans in the works for podcasts in the near future that people might once be able we are to done
3: with do? this uh, beautiful holiday season that we are currently in the middle of mm-hmm. we decided uh,
2: <laughs> that we were gonna make people art for Christmas oh my God. and there's a real tight deadline with that
1: <laughs> uh, gotta be straight up we have done no shopping and no art making so yeah sorry
0: so we are gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have an even tighter deadline we're gonna
1: have very very late presents but as say. we learned
0: today all it takes is speed
3: um <laughs> yeah all you need is 24 hours
1: and speed
0: 24 hours and speed that's it um so bird they made a movie
3: about that bird
0: where can people find you
1: uh the artistbird.com uh at the artist on instagram um
0: do you know your twitter I think it's the artist. Bird? Is it still Bird Smash? Actually, no. On twi- on Instagram, you're the dot artist bird. Yeah. Yeah. On Instagram, um, I'm not sure. I think I think she is at Bird Smash. On, nope,
1: I'm at the artist bird. You're um, at the artist bird on Twitter, Twitter. because okay. I changed
0: it. Cool. That I'm was, never
1: there, so that was
0: convoluted. Just just find her on Instagram. That's where she's most uh, most active. At the dot artist bird on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as. Uh, actual Max P. Right? Yep, I'm on Instagram as Actual Max P. That's I don't know my don't Twitter, know. and just look me up on Facebook. My website is www.quillandfilmproductions.com, which is where I post this podcast every week, and hopefully post a second podcast called Soapbox Battles, where we talk about serious social issues like why the fuck serious. Donald Trump. Serious issues. <laughs> seriously. Um. And you can look forward to that and more funny accents next week and on maybe my other podcast. I've got a lot of music I just posted. I posted, uh, yesterday I just posted every short film I've ever appeared in as an actor. And I've done a lot of weird uncomfortable things on camera let me tell you. Go and take a look at it. Um, in the meantime... That has been Chatman and Robin for this week. Um, tune in next week for part two of our series of modern art uh, for the giant, uh, angry making fun of bitch session, which we're gonna have. And uh, stay classy. So that's uh, for this uh, for Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson,
1: and I'm Bird. Holy podcast, Chatman.